You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. She's known as Sigrun. And she's a business strategist, mastermind coach, TEDx speaker, and host of the Sigrun Show podcast. Originally from Reykjavik, Iceland, she's lived half her life outside of her home country in Germany, the UK, Switzerland, and she's traveled all over the world for her business. And today, I'm excited to have her. Welcome, Sigrun. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited. You live in Switzerland. That's very cool. I feel like I live in Switzerland because I live in Buffalo, New York, and it's always cold here. <laughs> so We actually have spring already, so it's getting warmer. Yeah, it's, it's spring here too, but we're just coming out of it. So thank you for joining me today. Just to give everybody a quick teaser here, today we're going to talk about something really cool. I'm excited to dig in because Sigrun is going to share with us her seven stages of creating a profitable and scalable business. So there's a difference between those two, and it's hard to have those two together sometimes. So she's going to share with us how she did it herself and how she was able to grow a seven-figure business following this type of framework. But before we dig into that, let's get a little bit of a backstory, because I have a feeling there's a lot more to it. Can you just give us a quick backstory? Because I know you started out more in business. You were CEO of different companies, and then you migrated into your own business. Can you tell us a quick backstory? Give us a minute or two, and then we'll dig right into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, I was a CEO for 10 years and actually kind of accidentally became a CEO. I had studied architecture originally, and I was just in the right place at the right time when a company was sold, and I was bold enough to ask for the CEO job without any business education or experience. I got the job. And then, you know, 10 years later, I was sick and unemployable. And I figured I, it was time to start my own thing. So 2014, I started my business. And based on what I had done in the past as a CEO, I knew that I wanted a scalable business. I did not want to run similar businesses to the, those that I'd run in the past where I couldn't grow the revenue without hiring more people. So I was always very focused on doing it scalable. And then within four years, I had a seven-figure business because I was so focused on this. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your business now. What does that business look like? Can you give us a little bit of a picture there? Yeah, I focus on helping female entrepreneurs build an online business. And I've been doing that for five years. It's based on my own experience that women need a little bit more you know, self-confidence and community, a little bit more help to, you know, build bigger businesses. And I have tiered model in a way that I have a 12-month online program, then I had a 12-month group coaching program, and then I have a 12-month mastermind. And I have some products that I have retired because it's all about scale. And there are other 
products that I've introduced in the past nine months in order to scale even further and still keep the quality of my coaching business. Love it. Okay, perfect. So you've got a diverse revenue streams. You've got multiple different programs and products. So it's not all dependent on one big product or one big kind of coaching program. You've got a variety of different things that are feeding your business, which allows you to kind of ebb and flow with what's going on at any given point and allows you to kind of dabble in other areas to try to expand your business. Like you said, you just launched some new products and services recently. So yeah, that's very cool. I love the way you've kind of formulated that. And I love the idea of the scalable business, right? So you and I kind of have some things in common. I ran, I was the CEO and founder of a startup back in 2013, ran that company for many, many years, 13 years. And when I wanted to grow, I had to add more people. I had to add more technology. I had to add more infrastructure. And it was it was painful. It was a very successful venture and we were very, very blessed. But when I pivoted out of that, I really wanted much more of a lifestyle type business where I didn't have to have a bunch of employees. So you and I have a lot more in common than than just being from a cold climate. <laughs> and so I'm glad you're here because I think you might be able to help me out personally and I'm I'm excited to kind of dig in. But before we do that, can you I want to get a little bit micro into your coaching business and into your online business if you don't mind. If you had to pick one strategy or one tactic, what's working now for you to get new clients for maybe mm-hmm. some of your some of the products or services that are, you know, doing the bulk of your revenue, what would it be? What channels are you using? What strategies are you using to get those clients or customers? Well, podcast is actually working best for me right now, but originally it was webinars. I would do weekly webinars. I did 100 webinars in a time span of about two years. So it's like a webinar every 10 days, ultimately, until I got a little bit sick of them. But that really grew my business. I still benefit from that today. And that was, this is four or five years ago. And I got tired of the webinars and blogging wasn't really my thing. And when I moved into a podcast only one and a half years ago, I did 100 episodes in 100 days, which attracted a lot of attention. Yes. That's a lot and of work. That's helped. Yeah, that was a lot of work, but we were prepared. We had 30 episodes ready before we launched and we launched with 10 episodes. And yeah, it was a massive project. I didn't do much else, but I tripled my revenue in three months after launching the podcast in this massive way. Wow. Okay. So let's dive into that podcast. Let's peel the onion back one layer more here. So you really front loaded a lot of the content to try to build that audience and to start generating a lot of buzz very quickly with that 100 episodes in 100 days, right? I mean, is that one of the things you attribute to the success of that strategy? Or were there some other ways that you marketed or you know promoted or launched that? Or even within the podcast? Because what I found, sorry, to, don't, don't mean to be long-winded here, but what I found is that sometimes it's challenging to transition an audio listener from their mobile phone into maybe an email opt-in or maybe even an appointment of some sort, like a scheduled call, because again, they're listening to it passively. Maybe they're in their car, maybe they're walking, maybe they're jogging. And sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, you're very right. You're very right. I think audio is actually one of the worst things to go viral or share online. Yeah, you're right. And so I think, yeah, to be probably correct about this. I would say the leads come from social media first. They come from Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. 
but they are not leads. Like they, they find the podcast then, and then that's where they're kind of nurtured. And then when you have something to offer, they come back and uh, sign up for the list. Yeah. There you go. I love it. So you're using the podcast content, not necessarily to capture them, but no. to create that familiarity, that trust. And then they're going to passively hear about the different content, the different offers. And then you're, then they embrace it because they weren't necessarily beat over the head with some pitch, right? With like in an yes. online ad or even in a webinar where at the end of the webinar, you offer a product or a service, you know, and there's always some sort of a sale at the end of it. Yeah, I like that. You use it predominantly as a nurturing piece. Cool. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you for clarifying on that. And I know you've got a seven-figure business. Is there a quick question for you? Is the goal to maybe get that to eight figures? And what do you think, what do you think the horizon looks like in order for you to do something like that? Absolutely. That's my goal, to get it to eight figures within three years. And I have some strategies in place already <laughs> to get that going. And that's obviously a massive shift from going from making a million dollars in, in 2017 to, to eight figures within three years. And for this purpose, I have a huge project that's making me a little bit scared sharing it. But <laughs> I have a conference planned in Reykjavik, Iceland in 2020. And around the conference, I have documentary in mind and a book. And this is all kind of moving a little bit more offline, which is so interesting because I went into the online business to be location independent, have a lifestyle business. <laughs> and somehow along the line, I realized that I crave the offline world as well. And I'm taking it to a massive conference and kind of putting my, you know, like you're going on the mountain and saying, here I am. And that's what is my project to move this business forward to eight figures. Love it. Well, I think, you know, I think that's part of what we're going to talk about today. So that's a perfect segue into you sharing this seven stages of creating a profitable and scalable business. I know we, we chatted about that framework beforehand and I was really excited for you to share it. So why don't we, why don't you dissect that for us? Why don't you kind of unpack that and help my audience understand what those seven stages are and then we'll let it go from there. We'll evolve from there. Yeah, sure. So when I started my business, I was like location independent lifestyle business, just like you shared before. And I thought, well, I have to create an online course. I kind of immediately went there. And what I saw myself <laughs> and happening to others, people failed. They created online courses and there was no one in front of them ready and willing to buy because they didn't have an email list. They didn't have a community. They didn't even have followers on social media. And I made the mistake myself. And I realized I just have to go back to basics, just one-on-one, -on -one, just like in a typical offline coaching consulting business, just start with one person. And that's basically stage one is to get your first test clients if you're really in the beginning stages. And these are not people that you don't know. These are normally friends of friends. So there's no need for a Facebook page or a LinkedIn fancy profile or, well, everyone should have a LinkedIn profile. but I mean, you don't have to go all in on social media or do a webinar or do a podcast. These ideal clients are just up there and you just have to say what you want to be doing and they'll come. So it's easy to get those first three test clients. You test out your thing and this is basically stage one. A lot of people want to skip it. They want to go straight into a selling an online course or whatever, big project. And I say, you have to test it first. Test your hypothesis. Stage two, you get paying clients. And because I work with so many online business owners, they also want to skip this stage. They're like, oh, I want to sell my online course. Or they want to stay really short in this phase. 
I did probably one-on-one coaching, online one-on-one coaching for a year before I scaled it up. I knew in my mind that I want to scale. As I've mentioned several times on this episode already, scale, scale, scale was always in my mind. But I also knew that I had to do a foundation. So in this foundation, you have to figure out who you like to work with, what is your zone of genius, and what is your framework. So for instance, seven stages or something similar, like what are the steps that you take your clients through? Once you realize what are the steps, then you take it to the next stage, which is a group. Now, the smallest group size I would recommend is four, ideally six people. And then you take what you did one-on-one, but now you have a framework because you work with at least 10, 20, maybe 30 clients, and you can take them through stages. So if you think of this as a purely offline thing, you're taking it from one-on-one consulting coaching to a workshop, which it can be several days, but it can also be uh, multiple days, you know, in several months. But you are able to teach or train or coach or consult many people at the same time. So you go from one to few, actually, because these groups are not so big. I started with six people in a group and I thought that's what you do. Everybody was doing it. And I realized, hmm, maybe they're wrong. I tried 18 people and it was magical. It probably was my favorite group size. The group was so successful that they pitched me two years in a row to continue the group. And they told me what I could charge them. That was, it really showed me. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. That was really, really funny. So yeah, obviously you can scale your groups as well. And then I suggest that you think about having something that's doesn't require you that before you could we, sell. Sigrid, yeah. Before we go forward with that, let me just let me just pull this apart a little bit because I want to just talk a little bit. When you the first step was getting test clients, right? So I'm assuming you're these are maybe even free clients. You're not charging anything. You're just trying to get maybe some testimonials. You're trying to get your legs under you. You're trying to build a little bit of a comfort with delivering the information. Is that accurate in stage one? That's accurate unless you have been like if you have a massive amount of experience like. You and I maybe were in business before, and it would be kind of weird if we offered our service completely for free. So it could be something that's just lower price or less hours. But yeah, typically, if you're complete fresh and it's a new business and you've not had the credentials in this particular area, it's free. Yeah. And then stage two was where you do one-on-one consulting or coaching, where you're really just working with either individual executives or individual businesses, but you're not mingling the audiences, right? So it's very focused on their exact needs, right? And you're just taking that same framework. Okay, great. So then three was, you know, you talked about your zones, the group, okay, the group coaching, right? There was three or four. Okay. So group coaching, small group coaching, like four to six or even up to 18. Great. All right. So the group coaching. All right. So awesome. I'm I'm seeing the progression. I think everybody understands that. Continue on. Mm -hmm. Sorry for interrupting. No worries. So I focused on getting fully booked with one-on-one before I started with groups. And then my next goal, when I was doing groups, I wanted to completely replace my one-on-one income. So we know that you typically charge higher rates for one-on-one, maybe a little bit less for groups. But what happened is that I always raised my rates every time I had a new group program. So at the end, I was starting to charge the same amount for groups as I did for one-on-one, which is typically four times the price. And this just happened over, you know, 18 months. I was completely replacing my one-on-one income. So I was starting to think about, I can stop it whenever I want to, I can stop it. But at the same time, you want to think about how can you scale that beyond 
because it's still a time investment. And if you want a more lifestyle type of business, location independent, you need to have some offerings that are scalable. And this also applies for people in B2B. So could it, some kind of a smaller online course or a masterclass, something that doesn't take a lot of time to create, you could test out quickly and you could just, some people just put it on their website and it just becomes something that people can buy at any time, or it comes something that you put in an automated funnel. But in the beginning, you just have to do it all manually because you have to learn how to sell it, how to run it. In the beginning, you might do a little bit, you know, hands-on, and then you make it completely automated. But you have to learn how to create a smaller program before you think of a bigger program. So maybe that would be a part of one of your bigger programs, but it's smaller and it's evergreen and it's something easy for them to buy, easy for them to you know start digesting. And then you could start getting testimonials and the people that buy that you know might be interested in buying the next larger program. Exactly. So Perfect. I created a course called Passionathon. The name is a bit complicated. Uh, it's basically Passion and Marathon. And it helps you find your right business idea in four weeks. So that is a perfect gateway into my 12-month program where they learn how to build a business. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So, so you go from this smaller program or this, you know, this smaller first step of a, just a scalable program where it's more of a course. What's next? That's the signature program. So now people have been doing one-on-one. They've been doing groups. They've done a smaller course. They really should know by this time what is their signature framework? I think it's really important if you want to be a thought leader or a coach that is sought after, that people kind of look you up and they really want to work with you, is that you have some type of system. And you're going to have it. Like, I didn't think I had one and you have it. You just have to kind of pull it out of your head when the time is right. And you will notice that you have worked in a certain way. You've tried to explain certain things to people always the same way. And this, that's your framework. It could be four steps. It could be seven stages. Whatever it is, you have a framework. Could also be circles. Doesn't matter. Everyone has a framework. And then it's time to create your signature program. This could be online, offline, whatever. Most people do like six, eight, or 12-week online programs. I decided to go fully MBA style 12 months because you don't build a business just in six weeks. And I mix it also with a live event. So I bring this. So I, it's not really an online course anymore. It's it's really just like a program with a mixture of online and offline. So what was that? What was your signature course? What was your signature program? How did that evolve? So that's interesting. I had been doing all these hundred webinars that I mentioned before. So I knew I had some sort of a program, but you know, separate webinars are not a course. I don't know a program because there's no step-by-step guideline. You don't know how to go from A to Z, but these hundred webinars were sitting there and I knew something was coming out of it. What happened was that around, this is like January, 2017, I had group programs, multiple group programs. I sold them all out. There was no seat left. I had made $230,000 and I was super happy to kind of have them all sold out. But then I thought, I have nothing to sell for the next 12 months. And someone who's thinking about scale, I got very scared. That's scary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's scary. So basically that was limiting my growth. And I was like, well, well, I need to figure something out. And typically I would share with my audience, my launches and what I do. I document my business. I am very transparent. I share everything I do. And as I'm preparing to share with my audience what I just did, I realized 
that's my program. These hundred webinars are the foundation. It's the library of my program. It's not the program itself, of course. And I came up with Sigrun's Online MBA. And literally the same day of this webinar there, where I was just going to present to people what I did, how my launch went, I basically came up with a name. My assistant helped me create a simple sales page. We said, we're opening up an inaugural class. And this is important when you're launching something brand new. And I didn't create any content. I had nothing ready. Just a promise that this was a new program. This was going to be very different. I was going to take you step by step through, but it was scalable. And you could join for half the price for the inaugural class. 50 people signed up. Wow. Beautiful. That's a 12-month program. So that wasn't inexpensive. I mean, that that's probably, you know, if I had to guess, several thousand dollars for a year program. Today, the program is 3000 and the price will go up in the future. But just to get that going, because I think when you are in the middle of it, like I couldn't charge just 3000 for a program that didn't exist. First, I had to prove the results. Of course. And I just had, had to get super fans in. We all have people on our list that would really love to work with us. And maybe my group programs were too expensive for them. And one-on-one, they definitely couldn't afford. But then I offered a $1,000 program and they were like, I'm in, I'm in. And it took me two years to really create the program that I wanted to create. And it's, it's a massive program. Anyway, that's totally scalable. Like I can have thousands of people in this program and it will not require more of my time. And that's where you want to get to. This was really my goal from the beginning. But I'm glad I took the time. I did not do it in my first year, not in my second year, and not in my third year of business. I did it in my fourth year. No, I love that. I love that. I love the progression. I love how you're very methodical about it and how you're letting it evolve based upon, you know, you getting to know your target market better, you exploring the, you know, the your zone of genius and the things that you're really good at and the things you've been able to apply yourself that you can then pass on to your audience that has enormous value. So I love I love the process. I love the evolution. So what about step seven? Because I think we, we talked about that and that was interest, interesting how your journeys come full circle. What's that seventh uh, mm. a stage? Yeah. So in the sixth stage, it's more like adding to your portfolio. And it's interesting how I've had a mastermind retreat once a year in Iceland. You know, I come from Iceland. I love Iceland. And it was a suggestion from my clients to also do a business retreat there show them a little bit of Iceland, do masterminding. But when you scale, you also have to stop certain things. So actually, I'm doing my retreat this year for the very last time in order to go to stage seven. So I am stopping things. And that's really important. I know it's very hard for entrepreneurs to stop things. but And and I went through weird a few months last year where I was like, oh, I have to stop this. I have to stop that in order to scale. So stage seven is for me really that authority building I think we all do that from the very beginning. You know, your fans or your ideal clients will look at you as as a thought leader, as authority, but maybe the media or someone outside who is not on your email list will not think so. And that's where I'm stepping into creating my own conference and, you know, publishing a book and and creating a documentary as well. Wow. Okay. So this is where the that whole thing is kind of come full circle, right? You talked about you wanted to create an online you know, business that was location independent and would scale. And now you've made that evolution where you're going back offline with this whole conferences and your book and a documentary. I mean, you're talking about things that are, you know, really a huge, huge transition in a circle 
what made you go that direction with the conference and the book and and that documentary? What was the what was the driving force behind transitioning it more offline again? I think there is a certain calling or purpose that I feel and it's not served with just doing what I do in my current business. Like, yes, I can scale my online business endlessly and I can run Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and do webinars. And, but is that really the purpose of my life? I think in order to have a bigger impact beyond also achieving eight figures, because it's really not about the money at the end of the day, we all know that. It is like, what am I here meant to do? And the way I'm going to achieve that is, is really reaching out to also people out there that don't listen to podcasts, to that, you know, don't do online courses and, you know, having a massive impact way beyond our bubble. Love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, we're going to do two more questions rapid fire. I wish I could spend another hour with you and I'm sure that you could fill the time with some amazing nuggets, but we're going to do two questions rapid fire, try to do them one minute or less, and then we're going to wrap it up for today. What is your favorite growth tool or software? This is a question I ask all my guests. If you had to pick one tool that's helping you to grow your business, what would that be? I love my dashboard with Graphly. Graphly. Okay, awesome. Nobody's ever mentioned that before. So awesome. And what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience that's, you know, played a role in your journey or left a lasting impression? I have to mention Good to Great. It's really one of my favorite books, all-time favorite books. Yes, I agree. And it's definitely in my top 10 for sure as well. So, hey, listen, Sigrun, this has been fantastic. Congratulations on all your success. You've had an amazing journey. I'm sure there's a lot of lot more to go. And I'm sure I'd love to catch up with you here as you hit eight figures and you kind of enter this new phase of your business. But for now, just let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about your business, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, you can find me on the Sigrun Show podcast or sigrun.com. Awesome. Listen, I'll make sure I put those uh, links in the show notes. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.